The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericahealth.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome to Be Fit for Life. Your host is Chad Austin. There's no time to get yourself into shape. Like right now, you'll learn how to overcome the day-to-day excuses and start working on the rest of your life. The results will come as you go and will just keep getting better and better. Now, here's your host and motivator, Chad Austin. What's up, everybody? I'm Chad Austin. Welcome to Be Fit for Life. I didn't actually realize it until this last weekend, but it looks like June is transformation month here on Be Fit for Life. It seems that all the guests that I've had scheduled this month are transformation experts. I mean that partly because they all have a special gift to help people change their bodies, change their mind, and just change their lives to make fitness a priority. But along with that, they have also been through their own transformation. They have all faced some some challenges face the same obstacles that many of us face every day, and they found a way to win and overcome all those obstacles. Last week, I had Helen Ryan on the show. Helen had a traumatic experience that helped to realize that she was waiting for a day that would never come, and that day is tomorrow. She, once she made the decision to change her life, she lost 80 pounds in about 10 months, and she became a fitness professional, and she wrote a best-selling book to 21 days to change your body and your life. If you hadn't had a chance to look that up, look it up on Amazon. It's it's a very good book. But if it, if you're getting ready to make fitness a part of your life, 21 days to change your body and your life. It's a great book. Next week, Danny Cahill is my guest. If you may recognize that name, because he, he was the biggest, he was the winner of the Biggest Loser in season eight. And he's now a motivational speaker, an inspirational speaker. He's a very good speaker, and he's the author of Losing Big and Losing Your Quit. And I'm very excited. At the end of this month, my guest on the 30th is Ben McKenzie. Ben is a friend of mine who was a teammate of mine in college. We both wrestled for the same junior college where he's now actually the head athletic trainer. But he's been dedicated his life to encouraging the fitness and performance of others, but he never really took his own health seriously. Remember when we were in college, he was a heavyweight. He was always active, but not really fit. He was always a little overweight. About two years ago, he took the Isobody 30-day challenge, and his life changed from there. He's now lost over 100 pounds, and he can call himself a marathoner now, as he just did the Oklahoma City Marathon earlier this year. And so I think his... Big trans, this changing point was uh, he realized he was about 10, 15 years away from the age his dad was when his dad died of a heart attack. And so that was his reason why. Everyone seems to have a big reason why. And so this makes it really powerful to have these guests on the show that can share their experience. And my guest this week is this week is no different. Kim Shaper is rapidly excelling in the fitness industry as one of the top women to represent both health and overall well-being. She has a basket full of talents ranging from nutrition coaching and public health speaking to cycling and personal training. Kim has a very unique story to share with the world and one that is really rare. As a current athlete and woman of top physical fitness, 
she wants people to know that it was not easy. With her own struggles of an exhausting eating disorder ranging from anorexia to obesity, she can relate with the likes of these individuals and everyone in between. Kim has a true passion to help others achieve not only their physical goals, but to help ignite that internal spark within each of us to create a balanced life of the body, mind, and spirit. Kim says it's not all about the external side of us. We have to feel confident and content within ourselves. The other stuff is just fluff. I'm very excited to have Kim on later today and all these guests I've had on in June. It's very powerful when you have someone that can come on and share their reason why that they're passionate about fitness and they and they they chose to live a healthier life. So, but before I bring on Kim, I decided that at the beginning of every show from now on, I'm gonna start sharing some tips on a topic I think everyone can benefit from. And I've kind of been doing this since I started this show back in September. But this week, I realized that I should be having my listeners decide the topic every week. And so that's what I really want to happen. I want, and the topic can be over anything. It can be over nutrition, uh, like uh, meal plans or how to eat when you're traveling. It can be over cardio training. It can be over resistance training, sports performance, anything you can think of that has to do with health and fitness that you want me to talk about on the show. And so just, I want you to pick these topics. So just send your questions or your topics to send them to chad at chadaustinfitness.com or you can send me a message through my Voice America page. On the Be Fit for Life page that you're listening to right now, you can send me a message through there and I'll respond. And there, there are no stupid questions when it comes to fitness. So whatever it is you want to talk about, put it in there. If I don't mention it on the show, I'll send you a message. But this week, I asked some of my clients, my friends, my family, and myself what topic I should do. And I decided to do it over hydration. So hydration in general, hydration during exercise, hydration after exercise, and recovery. One of the reasons I thought about this is because of LeBron's cramping issues. So if any of you have ever listened to one of these shows before, know me very well at all, and you know I'm a huge sports fan. And so obviously I've been watching the NBA Finals, and I'm not a big Heat fan or Spurs fan, so I'm not really uh, biased either way. I just want it to be an entertaining finals, but I do get irritated when top athletes like LeBron seems like they can do no no right. If there are people are always looking for a reason to give them a hard time, but he he's the, he's so huge and has hardly any body fat at all. And it was nine degrees in San Antonio for Game One, and so when whenever you're that big and you if you start to cramp, you're done. You just cannot keep going. But that's one thing we'll talk about about hydration and how to prevent some of those things. And another reason I thought of hydration recently is because of all the races and everyone and races, five Ks, half marathons, everyone does in the summer. I read something recently uh, about the Boston Marathon where they had a record number of runners treated for dehydration this year at Boston Marathon. The temperature was a little bit warmer this year than they normally have it, and so they had some issues. Uh, I actually co-organize a running club here in Lenexa, the Be Fit for Life Running Club, and so we do races, 5Ks, half marathons, and things like that on a regular basis, and I'm currently getting ready to do the world's toughest mutter I talked about last week. This is a 24-hour event. And so all of my training on the way preparing for the event and then the day of the event, hydration is going to be a key factor to be able to perform at a high level. And so that's why I chose hydration. But so hydration in general, staying hydrated is essential for everyone, but athletes have an even greater need to maintain proper hydration. Water is the most important nutrient in your body and has many important functions, including regulating temperature, 
lubricating your joints, transporting nutrients and waste throughout the body, including lactic acid, which is the primary cause of exercise-related or sore muscles. And so and when you're training for a race, if you or as you increase your training, if you're going through a lot of soreness, you may be doing a lot of foam rolling or you may be getting some massages, doing a lot of extra stress stretching. And while you're doing that, it's very important to stay hydrated so you can help get rid the toxins that you're releasing from those tight muscles out of your body. And so hydration is very important. People always talk about, ask how much water you should drink. And that way the number you normally read most often is 64 ounces. And I don't, I don't really think there's a norm number. I like to drink half your body weight in ounces. I like that guideline much better. So that's what I always tell people is to drink half your body weight in ounces throughout the day. So if you're a 200-pound guy, then try to drink 100 ounces a day. And so um, I posted an article on my Facebook page today. I found an article about hydration that I thought was a good one. And by the way, just, for, just from my own tip for you, whenever you're researching anything for fitness – um, you have to be very careful, especially if you're using Google or anything, you have to be very careful. Make sure you recognize the source. Make sure you pay close attention to who the source is that's writing this because you can find 10 great things, 10 positive things and 10 negative things over the same subject, no matter what you're looking up. So make sure that it's a credible source that you're reading from before you buy all the way in. But I found a good article about hydration. I shared it on my Facebook page earlier today. So if you click on, on the right-hand side of my be fit for life page there's a link that says chat awesome fitness on facebook it's all those links take me ever take you everywhere at all my different social media pages chat us on fitness on facebook it'll take you straight to my timeline and if you haven't liked my facebook page yet do that uh, i share stuff on there on a regular basis there'll be tips exercises exercise videos nutrition tips or and things from all my guests every guest i have on this show if they're promoting anything or if there's something comes up, I always uh, mention it on that page, whether they're a past guest or a guest that's getting ready to come up or a guest this week. It doesn't matter. And so be sure to like that page. You can follow uh, follow up with everything. But there's a great article I posted on there, and I'm just going to go through some of the guidelines it tells you for before, during, and after exercise. Before exercise, it says to drink 16 ounces of water about two to three hours before exercise. So 16 ounces, two to three hours before exercise, and then another eight ounces of water about 30 minutes before exercise. Okay, so that's before exercise. During exercise, drink eight ounces of water every 15 to 30 minutes during exercise. So that's about a cup every 15 to 30 minutes. So it's always important whether you're uh, when you're working out, uh, whether you're just working out at the gym, you're doing cardio or whatever, to have water there with you somewhere so you can have it available to drink during your workout. If your exercise is longer than 60 minutes, then drink 12 ounces of a sports drink that contains a mixture of carbs every 20 to 30 minutes. So every 20 to 30 minutes during, if you have, if you're an athlete, if you're playing a game two to three hours long, uh, then you want to then Gatorade or Powerade or any kind of sports drink would be much better than water. If it's going to be longer than an hour, then you you need to replace those carbs. Uh, after exercise, drink eight to 16 ounces of water 30 minutes after the exercise. If you weigh yourself before exercise, weigh yourself again and drink 16 to 24 ounces of water for every pound you lose. And so for me, being an ex-college wrestler, I'd lose five to eight pounds in a wrestling practice sometimes. And so 16 ounces would not be enough. And so I had to make sure I drink a lot more. And so the more you sweat, the more you need to drink, basically. So if you know you, if you, know you sweat a lot during your workout, then you need to drink more water than someone who doesn't sweat as much. And there's other tips on here about how to drink throughout the day. 
and important important notes about water and hydration. A couple other interesting things I found. If you ever wondered why at the end of a 5K or half marathon, a marathon, why one of the things they offer you is chocolate milk, I wondered this a long time ago when I did my first 5K and had to Google it. I'm some one of those guys that has to Google something whenever I don't know the answer. But drinking chocolate milk after a long race, it helps replace your fluids, but also provides macronutrients, vitamins, and minerals to help aid recovery. And so the rule of thumb is you want a four to one ratio after a tough workout. That's your recovery. You want a four to one ratio between carbs and protein because you want to have both, but carbs are actually more important than protein, but the protein you have, you want to have quality protein and chocolate milk in particular is great is a great refueling source, has a great ratio of amino acids and it's a good quality of protein and it has sim- the simple sugars that you need in there to help in recovery also. So everyone tries to reinvent what the perfect sports beverage is, and it turns out it, it could have been there all along just with chocolate milk. On that note, uh, be, so for next week's show, make sure you give me your tips. If you have something you want me to talk about on this show and research, and um, if I don't know the answer, I'll, I have tons of experts around me that do, and so I'll give you great information. But send it to me, Chad, at chadawesomefitness.com, or send it to me on the Be Fit for Life page, and I'll be sure to discuss it or send you a message about it. Uh, through your message but we will take a quick commercial break right now we come back i'm going to bring on my guest kim Schaefer, for the day and we're going to talk more on be fit for life we'll be right back follow us on twitter at voice america trn get the lowdown on guests new shows and your favorites that's voice america trn How many times have you heard this? I'm sick and tired of feeling sick and tired. You are what you eat. I've tried every diet. Diets don't work. It's time to stop this kind of madness and start thinking and feeling empowered to change your health. Tune in to The Raw Truth with Chef Sharon Fraser. Join us weekly for thought-provoking conversations with world-renowned experts in the food, medical, holistic, sports medicine, chiropractic, and naturopathic health sciences. The Raw Truth airs live every Thursday at 8 a.m. Pacific Time, 11 a.m. Eastern on Voice America Health & Wellness. If you think you've seen online TV before, let us surprise you. VoiceAmerica.tv is online now. The leader in live Internet talk radio has done it again. Multiple channels, a state-of-the-art viewing experience, live and on-demand programs streaming 24 hours a day. It's exactly what you want, when you want it. VoiceAmerica.tv. From health and wellness to business, sports, and everything in between, discover our new world. Visit VoiceAmerica.tv now and experience the future of online television. VoiceAmerica.tv. Follow us on Twitter at VoiceAmericaTRN. Get the lowdown on guests, new shows, and your favorites. That's VoiceAmericaTRN. You are tuned into Be Fit for Life with your host, Chad Austin. If you have a question or comment about our program, send us an email at chadaustinfitness at gmail.com. That's chadaustinfitness at gmail.com. Now, back to Be Fit for Life. Welcome back, everybody. I'm Chad Austin. You're listening to Be Fit for Life. Joining me on the show this morning is Kim Shaper. Kim is rapidly excelling in the fitness industry as one of the top women to represent both health and overall well-being. She has a basket full of talents ranging from nutrition coaching and public health speaking to cycling and personal training. 
Kim has a true passion to help others achieve not only their physical goals, but to help ignite that internal spark within each of us to create a balanced life of body, mind, and spirit. Welcome to the show, Kim. Thanks for joining us this morning. Thanks so much for having me, Chad. I really appreciate it. Oh, my pleasure. Now, as I mentioned earlier in the show, every guest I have on this show on Be Fit for Life, it seems like they always have a, a story of some, how they found their passion for fitness or passion for helping people. And so I always like to start my interview asking my guests to share how they found their passion. And you have a really unique story of one that's different from all of the, from most trainers and one that's different from really anything I think I've ever heard before. But would you mind sharing your story about how you kind of found your passion for helping people and how to, to make health a priority in their lives? Yeah, absolutely. Um, that's actually a great question and one that I get often because a lot of times um, as a trainer now, I have people say, well, Kim, you know, it's it's easy for you because you've always been in shape and you've never had to worry about your weight. And a lot of times I tell them, hey, okay, check out my website. You can see that I've had my struggles in the past and I've been on either side of the spectrum. So I think by, by doing that, I they're able to kind of let their guard down and open up to me. So uh, on that note, basically at the age of 19, I started really restricting my food. I went away to college. Um, I don't really think looking back, I had a lot of proper coping skills. So I remember my mother and I were working with this trainer. And um, again, looking back, I definitely don't think he was one of the healthier ones. Um, and so he would at times say, okay, well, you know, are you eating enough? And it looks like you've gained weight. What did you eat this weekend? And so when I went, when I went back to college, I kind of used that as a foundation um, for my own self-esteem. And so when I was uh, in school, I started having some problems just in relationships and just my own personal life. So I really started using food as a means of control and really just trying to um, restrict you know, kind of numb out everything else that was going on. And it really just took a turn for the worse um, for people that have struggled with eating disorders or people that are going through them now. We all know that, you know, if you lose five pounds, okay, after that five pounds, it's not enough. Okay, well, let me lose another five and another five and so on and so forth. And so, therefore, when I was restricting and not eating enough, my parents came to see me and, and they said, oh, my God, Kim, you, you know, you've lost way too much weight. We can see your entire spine and, you know, you, you got to start eating. And so, of course, I chose to go to the opposite end and restrict it even more. Basically, well, I'm going to prove you wrong. Um, again, this is my means of control and this is how I'm going to make sure that everything around my environment is controlled and tidy. Um, when we all know that eating disorders is actually the exact opposite. Once you start engaging in these behaviors over a period of time, we end up losing control. Um, however, at that time, I didn't see it that way. So I ended up uh, having to come back home. My parents pulled me out of school, and it just progressively got worse. It was still restricting more and more and more. Um, got down to about 75 pounds. My mother would tell me that she would come upstairs and check on me every night to make sure I was still breathing and I was still alive. Uh, it was the most miserable experience ever. I cannot describe the feeling of self-induced starvation. I do know that it was an accomplishment accomplishment for me at the time to not be able to go up the stairs if I was too tired or I didn't have enough energy or, 
if I was getting these head colds because I knew that I wasn't getting enough fat and just craziness. And so that really just, again, took a turn for the worse. And um, I went into different treatment centers and my parents were so fortunate that I was able to really get the help that I needed. However, once I got out of treatment, I feel like that they treated the weight, but not necessarily all the emotional stuff underneath it. So I ended up going back to school in Georgia. I I lived at home with my parents and I ended up going to the opposite end. So it's weird because when I started gaining all of the weight that I did um, after my anorexia and I became overweight, it was psychologically a very bizarre feeling because anytime I felt a remote sense of hunger, I immediately correlated that with, oh my gosh, I'm anorexic again, when in actuality I was continuously gaining weight um, and was definitely over my normal weight that I was in high school. Because in high school, I never really struggled. My weight was always very stable. I was very athletic and it was never really an issue. Um, So again, I was really just still using food as a means of a coping skill. Um, So this time it was eating more, not, not eating. And it just progressively started gaining weight. My clothes were obviously having to go up in size and I still was having this mental issue as far as, Oh my gosh, okay. I have to keep eating. I can't feel hungry or that's not good. And it was just very bizarre. Um, However, it, it really, if I can explain this in the right way, it really opened my eyes to how society treats us because at times I felt that being anorexic was better than being obese. And I can't explain the feelings that I had when I was obese, Um, just feelings of disgust and sorrow and sadness and depression. Um, People would never look at me in the eye. People, I felt like they're criticizing me if I was eating um, in front of them at restaurants. I just had a really, really hard time uh, being self-accepting during that time. So, again, um, once once I had gained all of the weight, um, I really started to really dive in within myself and get to the root cause of why I was using food as a means for comfort and as a coping skill. And so once I started to kind of peel back the the layers of that onion, I was able to really expose myself and say, okay, you know what, obviously it's not the food, it's this, this, and this. And, um, you know, this is, it's pretty personal. However, I'm, I'm pretty much exposed everything. Um, one of the, the main reasons why I think I use food so much as a coping skill was Uh, I had a lot of issues growing up with my childhood. Um, I was sexually abused. And so I think that was part of the problem. Um, And so, again, once I started getting to the root cause as far as what was causing me to engage in these self-destructive behaviors, I noticed I started having more compassion for myself. I started feeling a bit, um, a major sense of relief, a bit more um, happy. And the weight just started to kind of, come down after that. And once I realized it wasn't about the external, about, oh my gosh, okay, if I'm only this size or I'm this size, or if I only gain this weight or lose this weight, then everything will be fine. Once I started to really internalize what was going on with me inside, that's when everything else externally just started to kind of fall into place. 
Um, and I will say, Chad, it's not been an easy road. Uh, this was, I got the anorexia at 19 and then I was um, very heavy around 21, 22 and I'm, I'm 35 now and I've definitely still had my struggles. Um, I'm, I'm definitely at times an overachiever, especially when it comes to sports. And so I've done any, anything from, um, uh, like, um, fitness competitions, um, triathlons, elite cycling teams, um, you name it. I did everything. Uh, and so now it's, as I'm getting older, I, I feel like I'm becoming a bit more wise that I don't have to go to the extreme. I don't have to take these leaps and bounds to be able to, to prove to myself that I'm a good person because of what I can do externally. Uh, so, you know, I, I would definitely say over the last year, it's become more about having that self-compassion within myself that I'm not, I'm not a good person or I, or I, uh, I'm not confident because of these external things that I've accomplished. Yes, they're great. And at the same time, and, and they've taught me a lot about discipline and focus and so forth. And at the same time, it's really been tuning in with myself and finding out kind of who, who is Kim aside from all this other stuff. Mm-hmm. And so it's along the way, it's been a great journey. And um, obviously this is a long winded answer to your, to your question. Oh, so no, it's the, a the great answer though. My, well, thanks. Um, so I think when, when you ask about the passion and how, I, I um, found my passion. I think with the training and the nutrition and helping others, I, I mean, I don't wish my experience upon my worst enemy. I will say, though, that it has, this is definitely what I'm supposed to do. There's no doubt in my mind. And that doors seem just to kind of open freely for me in this industry. And things just evolve very naturally. And I, I know that at the end of the day with helping others and allowing them to open up to me and tell me their, their deepest secrets and why they have struggles and this and that, it, it really, at the end of the day, makes my job so worth it for sure. Yeah. Thank, that is such a great story. Thank you so much for uh, sharing that with us. And I, yeah, I've, I have a lot of close friends who have, dealt with uh eating disorders in the past and as a trainer for, for 10 years now i've had a lot of clients that that have it too but you rarely hear someone that has had been on both ends of the uh, spectrum that way and, and overcome it and so I, I definitely agree just from listening to that 10 10 minute answer i, I definitely uh believe that you are meant to be in this profession i can definitely tell how there's so many people you could help to kind of help them win the battle of this is that is a very um, underestimated how tough a battle it is. I would, I would just from from as from the people I've been around that have it, from the, from my close friends that have had to deal with this, I, I definitely would, you know, compare it to being a drug addict. I mean, it's something that uh, that takes over your life, and it, it is not an easy battle to win. And so, just for someone that I definitely those struggles, you use the word struggles, and I definitely think you could use them, you could turn them into strengths now because it definitely seems to have made you the the fitness professional you are. And so i uh, very, very honored that you'd come on here and share this story with us. Thank you so much, uh, Chad. And it was, it was an honor to be able to be invited to do this because any way that I can help others and put my story out there, I'm, I'm all about it. And to kind of uh, backtrack for a second when you're saying about how you can relate an eating disorder with, with addiction and addicts and stuff, I can't agree more. 
I think one of the most trying things is that we have to eat. So it's not like we can, you know, cut out the drug or cut out the alcohol. And, and again, I mean, those struggles are brutal. So I can only imagine how addicts struggle with that. And with eating disorders, though, it's I think the thing that's so trying is that, you know, you have to eat to survive. And so when you're coming out of recovery or you're coming out of restriction or the binging and purging or whatever, whatever route you take, um, having to reengage the food again and starting to refeed yourself and stuff, it's very overwhelming and it's very anxiety provoking because you started this to numb out your feelings and to, to not feel your emotions to begin with. And so by reintroducing the food, I mean, we know the food is just a byproduct of what's going on internally. And so I think a lot of women really struggle with, oh, my gosh, you know, what is society going to think? And what happens if I start eating? And, and I'm, am I going to gain all this weight? And, you know, I, I think, unfortunately, the media plays such a big factor, too. I mean, I, yeah. I sit here and I watch these, these videos or these snapshots of women getting photoshopped left and right, and people don't realize that celebrities or models or, or whoever, they have a lot of imperfections in their bodies too. Yeah. It's just kind of a never ending battle because I, my biggest thing is, is I just want so many of these women and men that struggle to have that sense of self-compassion. Um, so you, yeah. you mentioned that with the compare the, I mean, when you go to get groceries or go anywhere these days, when you go to check out, there's, there's magazines of celebrities and, and fit, fit fit pictures all over the place and i went to a seminar with sean t last year and one thing he said that stuck out to me about that is that that's one of the biggest mistakes that people can can make when they're trying to reach their fitness goals or trying to really improve is because they'll compare them so they'll make their goal to look like that person and that's right. a goal that you'll never ever achieve because you can you're not that person you're never going to be right. that person you can only be the best version of yourself and Absolutely. so I, I, I think that is a tough lesson for people to learn too it really is. And I've, I've had a, a few clients bring in magazines and say, okay, I want to look like this. And they'll point to some girl that's super shredded and that, you know, has been lifting weights her whole life and obviously has been show, photoshopped left and right to have, you know, major six pack abs. And you can't sustain that. And what they don't realize is that a lot of these women, they might be getting ready for shows and that they're, you know, super ripped and lean and, what they don't realize is that they can only obtain that for a certain period of time. And that's right. actually when they're the weakest because they're dehydrated and they're not eating enough. And so, I mean, I, I think a lot of times a lot of women don't realize how long they can actually sustain that, which is very minimal. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's, it's misleading when you, when you see some of those. <laughs> uh, one other question I, I had for you. Yeah. I, as a trainer, I, I, maybe it's because of actually some of the uh, experience I've had with friends and eating disorders and stuff before, but I've never liked the word diet. Never. I always think yeah. that's a horrible word to use, and, and I try to avoid it at all costs. Uh -huh. But and I know uh, just the word exercise. I know with anorexia, especially, you get, you can kind of become a, a little too obsessed with exercise, and that's part yeah. of the disorder. But how do you go about with your philosophy when when you get clients that have things like this, how do you, how do you get them to work on, or how do you, what do you do with nutrition and exercise with, to avoid triggers, but to help them kind of uh, make it more of a priority in their life? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I think one of the biggest things, and, and I, I, this doesn't go for every trainer by any means, so I'm not trying to, 
know, compartmentalize everybody in this category. I do feel, though, that some trainers, um, they are so fixated on, okay, you can only have chicken and broccoli or you can only have, you know, two capsules of, of omega-3 fatty acids and you can't have this, 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 and this. And it, autom- it automatically sets us up for failure because I feel that, again, that's not obtainable. So for me, my philosophy is, okay, basically, is this, can you do this for the rest of your life? So I have so many clients say, oh, Kim, you know, I heard about this new weight loss pill or, oh my gosh, I heard about this wrap that you can lose five pounds in 24 hours. And, you know, I always go back to, okay, is this something you're going to do the rest of your life? Probably not. You're not going to have a wrap around your stomach for the rest of your life. I mean, I even saw this one thing about how you put this thing around your butt and it shakes your butt and (laughs) makes your (laughs) your private parts hot. And so I'm like, okay, who really wants to walk around like that all day, right? Like sweating in their pants. So I'm like, what a joke. I mean, it's amazing what, what, what comes up these days. However, um, I'm all about, okay, can you obtain this for life? Is this sustainable? And if the answer is no, then no. And some things work different for other people. So I think it really depends on the individual, uh, some, some individuals can say, oh, yeah, no, I don't need to have any alcohol. I never drink anyway. And some are, yeah, you know what? I casually like to drink. I, I want to have a couple glasses of wine. And I don't say, oh, no, you can't have that. I mean, basically, we sit down, okay, what are your goals? What are you looking to achieve? And for me, my philosophy is, okay, let's, this is a life. This is, this is a, a means to a better life for you. This is making healthier choices, making healthier decisions. And not viewing it so black and white where, okay, you can only have chicken and broccoli five days a week, and then you can binge on chocolate cake and cookies for one full day. I don't, to me, my own personal opinion is I don't think that's balanced. So yeah. it's all about, okay, where can we find the middle ground? Where's the middle path there? How can we, how can we gravitate to that? So that way there's no, there's really no, uh, feelings of self-defeat or struggle because they can't sustain this unrealistic diet, as you mentioned, which I hate to, uh, over a prolonged period of time. So, and I want it to be fun. Like, you know, eating is fun. It should be enjoyed. You shouldn't have to stay at home and, and only be able to eat certain things and not be able to get out and enjoy life. I mean, life is so amazing. And so, again, the philosophy when it comes to food is just everything, you know, in moderation, finding what works for you, because there's, there's not one size fits all. When it comes to the exercising, I think it's about finding again, what works for you. Um, I, I love weight training. I think that's one of my strengths and, um, I am horrible at sprints and I'm horrible at um, super, super long distances. My body just can't handle it. And so I kind of find what works for me. And then, I have other clients who are training for triathlons and they just want some core stability or, you know, um, agility moves and um, explosion movements and such. So, again, I think it really just depends on the individual and Mm -hmm. and really just being in tune with what feels right for you because we kind of know our own truth, as my mom would say. You know, we we know what's true for us. And, um, Mm -hmm. yeah. So I think that's, that's pretty much my philosophy. So, yeah, I, I agree with that. And I, I think you're right. There's no norm or there's no right answer. It's really the right mm-hmm. answer is what's best for you. I've always kind of mm-hmm. agreed with that too. And I mean, I don't like the word diet, but I mean, of course I, I, people do have 
goals to lose weight and so what i what i mean by that is i I don't i don't like to have too much restriction i think if that's never with all my clients you know i I want i want to be i want to help them make long-term success not Mm short-term success and so if it's short-term success and that's just just, that's something that's a goal you make after along with a long-term goal but it should be always about making fitness a priority for the long term. And so if it's if you're if it's not realistic to cut out something that you love and say mm-hmm. you're never going to have it again. And so, yeah, you know, <laughs> it's but, basically telling a kid, OK, no, you cannot go into that candy store and you cannot have that candy bar. Well, of course, mm-hmm. what are they going to want to do? They're going to want to go in and get that candy bar. So it's it's kind of along the same lines when you know you can't have something you want it that much more. So, you know, allow yourself to have it. You don't need a gorge on it, but, you know, just have it and have it in moderation. And, and, um, mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. I, I agree with, uh, I like, there's a Julian Michaels quote that I use all the time. So I think one thing that a diet does, it's all, it's the same thing that new year's resolutions does. There's these horrible stats about new year's resolutions where they, after this first six weeks of the year, 90% of the people fail and falling off their new year's resolutions. And I think mm-hmm. that's just, that's ridiculous. Those stats, because it's not valid because in fitness, you're never perfect. You're always going to mess up from mm-hmm. time to time. And I think that's kind of the, the thing that a lot of people get with diet. Or once they mess up one time, it's over. They might as well just quit. They screwed it up. They, yeah. they ruined it. And so, and that's, that's never the case because you're always going to mess up from time to time. But I mean, mm-hmm. Julian Michael says that, you know, your fitness journey, whether, whatever it be is, you know, it's just like a path. And if you mess up, all you have to do is take a U-turn and you're right back on course. And so I kind of like that way of thinking much better. And I, you can't really get that if you're focused so much on a diet and restrictions. No, you really can't. And I, I really have empathy for people. There's a lot of people out there that don't know where to go. And so they really don't have a set path. And so they will jump from diet to diet to diet because they think, okay, well, this just came out and, you know, this person said this works, so let me try this. And so they're constantly jumping on and off a train. And that's why I find it to be so important to find someone in the health industry, in the fitness industry that that you trust and that you know is a good person, that they're not out just for, you know, your money or just to tell you to do certain things. I, I find that to be so important because everyone needs a foundation. Everyone starts at different levels. I've had clients that haven't even moved barely at all. And so for them walking upstairs was a huge deal. And then I have others that are elite athletes. And so I think Again, by finding that middle path and that road that works differently for everybody, once you kind of uh, hone in on that and that person and what works for them, they're able to go back to that foundation. And if that foundation is realistic and it's not self-defeating, then it's going to be much easier for them to get back on there. And then I think that goes back to the whole self-compassion piece. Because we put, I mean, I, I feel like so many of us put so much pressure on our imperfections. And we, a lot of times, feel like we're so alone, and we're not. I mean, you know, I, I don't know. It's Self-compassion for me is huge, and that's probably one of the, the, the things I've learned the most over the last years is just that. And there's this awesome quote that I love. Um, I don't know if you've heard of Brene Brown, but she has this great book called The Gift of Imperfections. And basically, it's a book about kind of, letting go who you think you're supposed to be and embracing more of who you are. And there's this awesome quote in there, and it says, owning our story and loving ourselves through that process is the bravest thing we'll ever do. And I just love that because I think it really applies for everybody and that everybody has their own journey and everybody has that path that they're trying to find. 
and everyone's is different. But if we mm-hmm. can love ourselves and have that self-compassion through the process, then I think that's the best thing we can do. Yeah, I haven't actually ever heard that before. That's great. I like that. Mm-hmm. And so you you are really uh, you're really an open book about when it comes to the struggles you've faced and and I know that I, I feel like that probably helps you a lot with your clients and and, and so how how do you think that uh, that encourages people to helps them be vulnerable with you over time? I think for me that it shows that I'm real and that I'm not um, that on the outside is not a facade and that I, I allow myself to be more vulnerable and expose myself more. And that if people don't like that, then that's their problem. And I don't want to be around that anyway, but ones that are drawn to that and that are open to receiving more of a vulnerable person and, and someone that exposes themselves and their imperfections my hope is that others, it'll let their guard down to do the same thing because we all have like this external facade. It's, it's easy for us to portray that life is great and we have these nice homes and we have these nice cars and we, you know, have this perfect family and, you know, there's, there's no such thing. And so I think if for someone, whatever field they're in, so for me, obviously the fitness field, if I'm able to put my guard down and show what I've been through and my struggles and my tribulations, I'm in hopes that they can do the same and feel comfortable doing so. And basically there's no judgment whatsoever. It doesn't, I'm not, I'm not here to judge anybody because when we, when we constantly judge ourselves, obviously that's going to be projected outward. So I'm, I'm constantly trying to be that open book and, do I get wrath for it sometimes? Of course. I'll see people out and they're like, oh yeah, you know, you're the girl that, you know, lost all this weight and then gained all this weight and those pictures are crazy and this and that. And, and that's fine. I I really don't care about that. I care more about people that are open to it and open to receiving, um, helping guidance in a, in a, in a healthy way. And in, um, in more of an open way, if that makes sense. Mm. Yeah. It's, it's a really, hard lesson one that was really hard for me to learn I think I'm still learning is that you you can't please everybody and you're not no, you can't please no. everybody and you can't help everybody but mm-hmm. if you're you I mean you have to be the best version of yourself to be to be effective and so I, I think that's definitely that definitely hearing you say that it definitely seems like that's something that you've learned over time uh, mm-hmm. yourself through everything but uh but you're absolutely right and I know um, you can relate to because in the industry, it's like, you know, I'm, I'm such a, a people pleaser and I want to help everybody. And knowing at the end of the day that you can't help everybody, it's hard. And at the same time, recognizing that, okay, maybe it's just not their time or maybe they're just not ready for it or, or open to receiving the help and the guidance. And a lot of it, I'm sure you can relate to is, is now I'm mm-hmm. dealing with setting those boundaries of, okay, I have to, at the end of the day, come home and take care of myself. I can't take on everybody else's problems and everybody else's stuff because all it does is drain me. I have to have that time for myself to kind of replenish. And I'm sure you've, you've probably dealt with that too. Yeah, I, ha- I have. And, and, and it's, it's so many of the professionals, the fitness professionals I've had on this show. I know Helen Ryan from last week, I, I mentioned that has a, a really good book, The 21 Days to Change Your Body and Your Life. Uh, but she was the same way. It's like she spends so much time focusing all your energy on helping other people, you kind of forget about yourself. And then that makes, but I mean, you think that 
that's going to help you with other people focusing all the time on them. But by not focusing on yourself, then you're actually, you don't do as good with your job or anything. And so, no, I mean, you really, really you don't. have to take care of yourself first if you're going to, if you're going to be the best you can. Absolutely. And, and then I think over time, if I'm, if I notice I don't have that balance in life and I'm, I'm taking on too much of everybody else's stuff or trying to help everybody else to appease them um, or to not have people like me or, or any of that, I lose a sense of myself and then I start to build resentment and then that feeds out into what I'm projecting externally and then that's not good. And, you know, our clients pick up on that. They know if we're tired or if we're, you know, haven't gotten mm-hmm. enough sleep or taking on too much. So it's, especially in this field, it's so important to make sure you replenish and you take care of yourself. It's yeah, so really. I, mean, I always, I've it. always thought that, you know, as a trainer, you really, I, I have no right to come in in a bad mood and, or not be enthusiastic because that's, that's what, that's what I'm being paid for. That's my job. But, you know, in, mm-hmm. in order to be that person and you, you have to take care of yourself uh, outside of work also. Absolutely. But, yeah. Well, well, uh, Listeners, we're going to take a real quick break. Uh, Kim, what is your website? Is it kimshaper.com? It is. It's www.kimshaper.com. Sure is. Yep. Okay. Listeners, go take a look. We'll be right back in just a few minutes for more on BeFit for Life. Think you've seen everything there is to see in online television? Let us surprise you. Visit voiceamerica.tv today for sports, health, business, and more on demand 24-7. Explore the power of natural healing with Howard Strauss. Join us each week for an informative program that will help you learn effective healing methods using natural remedies. Howard's guests include top researchers, authors, and experts who will share their views on a variety of natural products and healing methods that really work. Tune in to The Power of Natural Healing with Howard Strauss, Mondays at 11 a.m. Pacific Time, 2 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. How do you find out more about wellness? When we let our busy schedule keep us on the run without stopping, something's going to give. How is the balance in your life? Are you overhyped or feeling run down constantly? Is stress doing its part to control your life? Listen for Be Well Bites with host Jamie Relay. Our show is all about connecting you with the experts that can help you with living a nourishing and fulfilling life in small, bite-sized tips and ideas. Nourish yourself and tune in to Be Well Bites on Wednesdays at 11 a.m. Pacific Time, 2 p.m. Eastern on Voice America Health & Wellness. Looking for exciting video content live and on demand? Visit www.voiceamerica.tv for exclusive content you just can't find anywhere else. That's voiceamerica.tv. Tune in now. You are tuned into Be Fit for Life with your host, Chad Austin. If you have a question or comment about our program, send us an email at chadaustinfitness.com at gmail.com that's chad austin fitness at gmail.com now back to be fit for life welcome back everybody i'm chad austin we're here with kim shaper on be fit for life uh we talked a lot about uh a lot of different topics on the show today uh do you feel after everything that you went through kim do you feel like you have balance in your life now It really depends on 
um, my stress level and how much sleep I've gotten. Um, I mean, right away, it's so funny. If I'm in a bad mood, my mom, the first thing, did you sleep well last night? And usually she knows that the answer is no, because then that means she knows that I'm crabby. But um, I, I would say, yeah, I really try and achieve that balance. And I, I think before it was, okay, you know, my downtime is going to be going to work out. But now I'm, I'm really developing more sense of self. So my downtime will be planting flowers or, you know, doing arts and crafts or going to work out. And so I, I really try and have that balance. Is it every day? No. And is it something that I continuously work on? Absolutely. And I just, I just try to have a sound mind and try to eliminate anything that is not good for me or any additional stresses that I don't need. And it, it's, it's a work in progress. So do I say I have balance 100% every day? No, of course not. I'd be lying if I did. But I, that is achieving that is a, a goal that I, I continuously have. And mm-hmm. I'm, I'm learning to find what that balance is. It's different for everybody. But for myself, when I get back to that balance state, it feels good. And then that's when I, I gravitate to that more. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. So for people on, that are listening today that are struggling with an eating disorder, what would you encourage them to do? Um, I would definitely encourage them to open up and share um, with someone that they're close with, someone that they trust, whether that be their family. Um, I'm so fortunate. I, I preach this all the time. I have the best family in the entire world. I'm so blessed to have them as a family. Um, I would not be here today if it wasn't for them. So if, if you, if someone has access to a close family member or um, a close friend or confidant that they open up to them and let them know, because with eating disorders, so much of it is based around secrets. And the more you can uh, eliminate those secrets and expose those secrets, the less power they have over you. So finding someone that you can really confide in is huge. And also, uh, you know, a lot of times if you are struggling with one, you think people don't know, but they really do, especially ones that are close to you. They know if you're pushing your plate or you keep going to the bathroom after you eat or, you know, you can't go out to dinner because this, this, or this. So um, sometimes people are a little bit more aware, but, again, finding someone that you trust. Um, there, I think there are hotlines that you can call for for. Um, for people to call in with, if they struggle, um, I know that there's rehabilitation centers. Uh, unfortunately, one of the biggest downfalls is the, the health insurance. Um, they can be incredibly costly. And usually if you go into some type of treatment center, depending on your insurance, you can be there for a week or a month. A lot of times they're private pay. Um, again, I was so fortunate to have my family help out with that. Uh, but I, I think the most important thing is that open up and talk to someone that you can really confide in or someone that you really trust. And by putting that guard down and at least exposing that, then hopefully that can kind of get the ball rolling and, and get you the, the proper help that you need. And knowing that you're not alone, because there's so many women that struggle with this. I mean, to the extreme that I did, not all, no, but I definitely think there's tons of women that, that definitely have body image issues. There's no doubt. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I think a, a lot of men too face that same yeah. same issue. Um, well, going back to that of uh, knowing that you're not alone comment, I mean, you are someone who has overcome so many obstacles, so many challenges to find that balance in your life. 
and really and and make fitness a priority in your life and in the process and doing it through fitness um if i know that you have uh that you're a trainer and you have your your website but what all services can someone get from you i know you do some online nutrition coaching can you tell us what all people can get from kimshaper.com yeah absolutely um absolutely i offer a few different things um Obviously, there's not a lot of people that are based in Atlanta. Um, for my for my clients that are based out of Atlanta, I do nutrition consults. So we meet face-to-face, and we go over their diet, and we go over their lifestyle and their stress level and such. And then we uh, work together to write out a customized plan for them of work, what's going to work best. I also train out of a gym um, in Chambly, Georgia, and I train uh, clients out of there. I do in-home training as well. And then I also do um, online training so people can contact me and say, hey, Kim, you know, I'm just starting to work out. Can you offer some type of program or some type of plan? And then, you know, I really have a detailed questionnaire that I send to them asking what their goals are and what they're currently doing and so forth. And then I'm able to write out a customized workout plan for them. And then I do the same with nutrition, a very detailed questionnaire, Um, and then uh, we get going with that. I write them out a menu plan. Um, We really discuss kind of what their long-term goals are, short-term goals are. So I'm really, with the internet the way it is now, I'm really able to communicate well with my online clients as well. So yeah, I definitely have Mm -hmm. online services for nutrition and training as well as um, um, local services for nutrition and training. Awesome. And so if if nutrition is such a I mean, it's 75% of people's success, but it's it's more than that. So if you struggle with uh, struggle with food at all, but at KimShaper.com, definitely check it out, and you can get help with nutrition online with Kim. And so that's a great thing about the way technology is raised now. I do on online training also, and uh, it's definitely going to be a big advocate for fitness and health in the future where you can pick out anyone. It doesn't just have to be someone close to you. Um, so Kim, this has been a, an awesome interview. Thank you so much for coming on the show and sharing uh, your struggles, your story, and just uh, and just introducing yourself to, to the world here. If you had, if, if people that were listening today could only take away one thing from what we talked about, what would you want it to be? The first thing that came to mind was um, self-compassion, to have compassion for yourself for where you're at now and that it's never too late to make a better version of yourself. Yeah, I love it. Perfect. Well, thank you, Kim, for, for coming you. on. I really enjoyed meeting you. And yeah, listeners, you thanks for tuning in. And next week, uh, Danny Cahill, the winner of The Biggest Loser in Season 8, will be my guest. And he'll talk about his books, uh, Losing Big and Losing Your Quit. Uh, So make sure to tune in for that and make sure to go to kimshaper.com and to check out some of the services that Kim provides there. But thank you for tuning in this week. I'll see you next week on Be Fit for Life. Thanks again for tuning us in. Please join Chad Austin next Monday at 7 a.m. Pacific Time, 10 a.m. Eastern Time for another edition of Be Fit for Life on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. This week, have fun, get active, and be fit.